Life Audio. Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories, seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. Take a minute to visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community of Real Refreshment listeners who are taking the dare to be in the Word as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Hello, everyone. Today, we are going to talk about Lent, how you can prepare for it, what it is, when does it start, and what are some things that you can focus on during this most holy season of the Christian year. I'll be right back. Okay, we're back, and today we get to talk about Lent. So you may be used, you may not be used to talking about this, and I'm not talking about the little pieces of stuff that stick to your clothing. I'm talking about a very important part of the Christian calendar, the Lenten season. It begins on Ash Wednesday, which this year in 2023 is Wednesday, February the 22nd. And it runs through Holy Saturday, which is April the 6th. And so it actually comprises 46 days, but during Lent and what we're going to focus on, you don't do this fasting, praying, and almsgiving specifically on Sundays. Those are days that are left out of those days. So it counts as 46, but we we actually engage in the Lenten sobriety on 40 of those days. And so I will confess that I am relatively new to the celebration of Lent. I did not grow up in a high church that practiced Lent. I grew up in a lower church tradition, which wherein we celebrated Easter, right, but not the whole 40 days. And I have come to really appreciate this time to focus and to really pay attention. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. And I want to pass on some resources for you and hopefully a really good challenge for you. I hope that you can look at this season of the year completely different perhaps in the past. And if you're a mom and her dad listening today, you have an opportunity to pass on some real powerful meaning to this time of year for your children and your family. So just to back up and give a little bit of background, I can't possibly give an exhaustive explanation of all of this. Some of the resources that you'll find listed over at rachelcarmen.com and in the show notes, some of the links will give you a more in-depth explanation of this season. But in short, Lent is modeled after the 40 days of Jesus temptation in the wilderness during which he did not eat. He fasted during those 40 days and was subsequently tempted by the devil. You can read about that in three of the four gospel accounts in Matthew 4, 1 through 11, Mark 1, verses 12 and 13, and then in Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. All three of those gospels give their account of the temptation of Christ. And it's truly remarkable to just literally sit in those passages and really think about it. If you listen to me very often, you know that I really believe in the power 
really sitting in Scripture, reading it, not reading over it, not rushing through it, but reading it and sitting in it and really considering what is this? What is God saying? What is the meaning of this? How do I apply this to my life and the way that I'm living? And I think it's so powerful to read the account of Jesus's temptation. I'm looking now at the at Matthew's account again in Matthew 4. It says then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And what you need to remember is this temptation of Christ is right literally on the heels of his baptism. So we have John, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus comes. He is baptized by John. And here's a moment in the Gospels where we see Trinity. We have God the Father, the voice of God the Father. We have the Son, God with flesh on, being baptized. And then we have the symbol of the Spirit in the dove that ascended. And so this is just remarkable that we have Trinity pictured right here. And this at the baptism of Christ is one of two times where we have the voice of God in the ministry of Christ. The second time is on the Mount of Transfiguration. So this is truly glorious. We can count this as one of those high points in Jesus' ministry. I mean, this is a wow moment. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. And immediately following that, immediately following that, it says that Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So right after he is acknowledged as the one, right? Right after that, he goes in and he's in the wilderness and he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. And so there are three traditional things that we are challenged to do in church history and church tradition during these 40 days of Lent. And those three things are fasting, prayer, and giving, and so those are things that if we set aside, if we dare to set aside the this time during the winter months, right, in anticipating anticipation of spring, right, resurrection, we have an opportunity not to waste this time, but to truly, truly set this time apart as a time of sober introspection. A real time where we're really thinking about who we are, where we are, what do we need to be doing, and three ways that we can pursue those truths and get the most out of this time is if we we focus on giving, praying, and fasting. Interestingly enough, if you go, just turn a couple of pages in your Bible that we have the baptism at the end of chapter 3 in Matthew, then we have the temptation at the beginning, then we have Jesus immediately after the temptation. He begins officially his ministry, then he chooses his first disciples. And then, bam, in chapter 5 of Matthew, 5, 6, and 7, we have his most famous Sermon on the Mount. It's the longest discourse that we have recorded of Christ to the masses, and it's right here, right after his baptism and his temptation. It's right here. And so the Sermon on the Mount is familiar to many of you, probably blessed are the over the Beatitudes. You know those. That's in chapter 5. But then in chapter 6, these three traditional Lenten practices of fasting, prayer, and giving are outlined by Christ to the crowd. Don't miss this. 
So these are not random things that people thought, oh, these will be good if we did these during this 40 days. Jesus himself speaks to this, and it's nestled right here in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. And so I want to drill down for the next few minutes into these three things, fasting, prayer, and giving. Now, in this passage, in Matthew 6, he does them in reverse order, beginning in chapter 6 of Matthew, in verse 2, it says, So, when you give. I think it's significant to note that it's not if you give. He's assuming you're going to give. So, he says, Jesus speaking, So, when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet. Don't make a big deal out of it, he says. Don't do that. Do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may be honored by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving will be in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So here, if you've ever wondered, is there a right way to give? Apparently, yes, there is. And the right way to give is as the Lord directs without making a big deal out of it, knowing that the most important being that can know that you gave sees when you give. Don't be a hypocrite about it, Jesus says. Don't do that. Don't make a big deal out of it. Don't make sure everybody else notices. Give as I direct you, and God will see, and he will reward you. Going to the next of the Lenten practices, we'll pick up in verse 5 in just a moment. All right, we're picking up again, Matthew 6, verse 5. We've already talked about when you give. One of the three Lenten practices is giving. Secondly is, as Jesus says here, when you pray. See the pattern? Not if you give, not if you pray, but when you give, verse 5, when you pray. You are not to be like the hypocrites. Second time he's compared. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward to you. It's the second time he's made that promise. Picking up again in verse 7, And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetitions as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Now here is a familiar passage to many of you, but I want to pause with each line as we read the Lord's Prayer. Jesus continues, Pray then in this way, Our Father who art in heaven. In that line, Jesus is establishing the Father's position. Hallowed be thy name. He's reiterating the Father's holiness. Your kingdom come. He's extending hope to them. Your will be done. He's suggesting that they submit. On earth as it is in heaven. He is highlighting the sovereignty of God. 
Give us this day our daily bread. He's suggesting that we ask, Father, for what we need right now, just just today. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next year. What's required just today. You'll remember that that is how God provided for his people in the wilderness with manna. Just for today. What they needed just for today. That's what this prayer suggests that we should pray that way. Verse 12, and forgive us our debts, right? We need to be people who regularly repent. As we have forgiven our debtors, we need to surrender, surrender those debts that we have. 13, and lead us not into temptation. Here we're asking the Father for protection. But deliver us from evil. He is our safety. For yours is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, that last part of the prayer is actually not in some early manuscripts. It's been added, but those words give us confidence in who God is. It's glorious. This is a simple prayer, a model of a prayer that the Lord Christ himself gave to the people. And I would suggest to you, it is a powerful prayer to regularly pray. We need to be a praying people, and certainly during this time of Lent, to meditate on this prayer and the meaning of this prayer in our lives, that we would pray for it, that we would thank God and praise Him for how He does lead us, how He does provide for us, how He does protect us, how He shelters us, how He forgives us, that we would pray this prayer. And next... If we pick up then, skip down to verse 16, Jesus says this, when you fast, when you fast, do not put on gloomy faces as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you fast, Wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Do you see it? Three times Jesus said, these are things that you need to be doing. When you do this, this is how you do it. When you do this, this is how you do it. And when you do this, this is how you do it. Don't do it like this. He's very clear. Don't do it like this. Don't do it for attention. Don't do it so other people notice. Don't do it so other people give you credit. No, no, no. Do it in secret. And then he gives a promise that the Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. That's the assurance that he gives the people in this crowd that are listening to him. And that's the same assurance that you and I have. Now, often during the season of Lent, the thing that people focus on is especially the fasting. And that is something that I've found very meaningful during this season. It's not something that generally we all jump up and down and look forward to fasting. But I have found it to be so powerful in my personal life. It is the setting aside of something that helps us focus our mind. It can be anything. It can be anything that distracts. It can be anything that competes for our focus on God, anything that wastes time. 
It can actually be anything. Now, traditionally, most people who fast, fast from food. Some people will not eat any meat for the entire 40-day period of time. I've known many people that have done that. Sometimes people just say no dessert, right? Some people say they're not going to eat out for the whole month. That's what they're going to do. They're going to just eat at home. Or maybe they fast for one day every week. But fasting is a very powerful self control issue that we can actually practice controlling ourselves and not just eating whatever we want to eat whenever we want to eat it. Look, we live in a society and a culture that we are just one drive through away from satiating whatever craving we might have. Lent offers us the opportunity not just to not do that, but to become more keenly aware of how much we do that and not do it to exert some self-control. And so you might choose to do the most traditional and fast from some sort of food. I remember one year, what I decided to do one year was to fast from chocolate. And to know me is to know that that was a pretty big deal. Every afternoon for a long time, I have had a chair, a square of Ghirardelli, 72% chocolate, one of their little squares, every afternoon at two, just sort of as an afternoon pick-me-up, sort of as a, I don't know, just that's what I've done. That's been my habit. And during that season of Lent, I gave up chocolate, and I did not get that little square in the afternoon, and I will confess to you that it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. And that was good for me. Other years, I have fasted from dessert. I know one year as a family, we fasted from eating out. Again, it can be a variety of different things. It could be, though, perhaps, I've also gone through season where I really literally medically could not fast from food. I needed to eat. And so during those times, there are a variety of other things. Look, you don't have to fast from food. There are other things. You can fast from screens or shopping or spas or indulgence or coffee or tea. Really, you have an opportunity to consider, and I am dropping this podcast early enough for you to already go ahead and consider what is it that you want to set aside. I really do believe there's a lot of power in this whole idea of fasting. If you would have some sort of accountability, somebody else that you can go give a hug to when you want that square of chocolate, but you're fasting, right? Or whatever it is, somebody else that you can talk to about what you're fasting and who can help and encourage you during that time. The whole point of fasting is that when you want that thing, it could be a show that you're used to watching, it could be um, a food you're used to eating, or like I said, a square of chocolate, that when you get that urge or that desire for that thing that you've already decided you're giving up, that you would turn that energy and that desire to God through prayer or Bible study or praise, that you would say, okay, I'm fasting, so I am sacrificing this, whatever this is, and this time that I would normally have enjoyed that, I'm going to turn my attention to the Lord, and I'm going to focus, and I'm going to enjoy Him during this time. And that's really the sweetness of fasting, is that turn from self, exerting that self-control, and turning towards God in prayer and praise and study. So the fasting, we get to exert self-control through the prayer. 
We get to practice self-reflection and introspection. And through giving, we get to practice self-denial. In other words, we're not just buying for ourselves in the age of Amazon where whatever we want is just a click away, right? During the Lent season is an excellent time to practice not shopping online, not buying anything on Amazon, and literally just stepping away from all of that, and perhaps even setting a budget and saying, this money that I normally would have spent on X, Y, and Z, maybe eating out or doing something else, maybe I I could set aside that money that I spend on chocolate, right? And say, I'm going to give that instead to somebody else, somebody who's in need, a family member, the church, a parachurch ministry. Look, if you are going to endeavor to do these three things, if you're going to endeavor to give, God will direct you. If you're going to endeavor to pray and seek God's face, He will direct you. And if you are going to determine that you're going to fast, God will direct you. This is an opportunity, the season of Lent, to really hyper-focus our hearts and our minds on the things of God as we anticipate celebrating His death, burial, and His resurrection. He is not dead in the grave. He is alive. And that is what this is all about, celebrating, setting our mind, looking inside of ourselves, recognizing our sin, and seeking and serving God. I hope that you will make use of the resources and the links that are over at rachelcarmen.com and in the show notes. There are all kinds of books there and a couple of online PDFs that you can print off, for example, for the church calendar are going to be over there so that you can read more about it. And I really do pray that if you're a mom or a dad listening in, that you'll take advantage of the opportunity to raise the bar on Easter You know, if you want to do the Easter basket, if you want to hide the Easter eggs, okay, but don't just do that. Elevate the meaning of this season. Teach your kids, like we talked about for Christmas, teach your kids what it's really about, and it's a lot more than a chocolate bunny and a new dress. Let's make sure that we dare to disciple this next generation so that we celebrate the resurrected and imminently returning King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a question or comment, we invite you to send it to info at rachelcarmen.com. And while you're at Rachel's website, check out her wonderful resources, including the Word in Motion Bible curriculum. We want to take a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged, and we need accountability in the Word. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next episode of The Real Refreshment Podcast. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. God invites us to cultivate thankful hearts by turning our eyes toward Him in good times and bad. To listen to more Abide Christian Meditations, just go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Christian Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.